Good evening. You're on the air with Mike on the mic. This is Mike Hazachek, and I love my Catholic faith. And today our topic is, there is no hope that hell is empty. So let's first start out with a prayer and pray for those in purgatory. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. And this is the prayer of St. Gertrude the Great. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the masses set throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, those in my own home, and within my family. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Pope Francis recently made a statement that he hoped hell was empty. And we've heard over time others in the church making similar statements, all the way back to Origen, who was a church father. Origen was uh, considered a universalist who suggested that all people might eventually attain salvation, but only after being purged of their sins through divine fire. So universalism is the view that all people, or possibly all creatures, which may include the demons and even the devil himself, will be saved. There are also a couple variations of this view. One is called uh, von Balthasarian, which is, which is uh, often referred to as hopeful universalism, which is based on the writings of the Swiss, Swiss theologian Hans Urs von Balthasar. And he died like in 1988, so fairly modern. Although many regard von Balthasar as a significant theologian, and you know he was also a priest, you know he's not without some personal controversy. Um, but in any any event, um, you know there's also a popular modern bishop here in the United States, Bishop Barron, um, has made similar statements to uh, what von Balthasar believed as far as hopeful universalism as well. And I think even hopeful universalism is a stretch at best, even given that part of the theory is that hell is not eternal. Um, and I also think it's irresponsible to make statements that would make anyone believe that no matter what they do on this earth, that they will eventually get to spend all eternity in heaven. You know, today it's obvious that most people do not fear God. That's evident by the fall of off in the church attendance, short confession lines, and only 30% of Catholics believing in the real presence of the Eucharist. You know, we have been taking God out of our schools, our government, the workplace, and even out of our own homes. The majority of the focus is on the things of this earth and not the things of heaven. The belief in universalism bodes well with secular trends, and that's for sure. I would also go as far as saying, if you believe in universalism or a variation of it, why even be a Catholic? You know, find a Protestant church that fits your lifestyle. There seems to be an overemphasis on how merciful God is and almost no emphasis on repentance and reconciliation with God. Many people do not believe that God will hold them responsible for disobedience of his will and subsequent punishment. So let's first take a look at what the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us about hell. And we can go to the um, paragraph 1033 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It says the following, We cannot be united with God unless we freely choose to love him. 
But we cannot love God if we sin gravely against him, against our neighbor or against ourselves. He who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Our Lord warns us that we shall be separated from him if we fail to meet the serious needs of the poor and the little ones who are his brethren. To die in mortal sin without repenting and accepting God's merciful love means remaining separated from him forever by our own free choice. This state of of definitive self-exclusion from communion with God and the blessed is called hell. So this is the coming, you know, from the Catechism of the Catholic uh, Church, which is, you know, beautifully written and and has so much scripture in it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that scripture as well. And then we go to paragraph 1861, where it says, Mortal sin is a radical possibility of human freedom, as is love itself. It results in the loss of charity and the pervasion of of sanctifying grace that is of the state of grace it is not redeemed by repent if it is not redeemed by repentance and god's forgiveness it causes exclusion from christ's kingdom and the eternal death of hell for our freedom has the power to make choices forever with no turning back however although we can judge that an act is in itself a grave offense we must entrust judgment of persons to the justice and mercy of God. And finally, let's go to paragraph 1034. It says the following, Jesus often speaks of Gehenna, of the unquenchable fire reserved for those who to the end of their lives refuse to believe and be converted, where both soul and body can be lost. Jesus solemnly proclaims that he will send his angels and they will gather all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire, and that he will pronounce the condemnation. Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire. So we can go to Matthew chapter 13, verse 41, where it says, The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect all of his kingdom, all who cause others to sin, and all evildoers. And then... uh, Verse 42, they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. And then verse 43, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. And we can also go to, so, you know, we're, of course, the catechism of the Catholic Church is getting this from Scripture. And it's, and it's giving us a interpretation of what it means and expanding on, you know, because a lot of times when you're, you'll, you'll read scripture, um, you know, it, it, you've got to go and put it all together. And, and, and we've talked about this in other programs where, you know, you got to read the, you know, what's, what's before that scripture quotation and what's after that scripture, scripture quotation and make sure you're putting it in the proper context because you can take anything out of context and make it mean what you want it to mean. So you want to read it in its context. And we can go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. It says the following, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So there you have it. And this is all coming from Jesus. And, you know, Jesus talked a lot about hell in, in, you know, in, in the Gospels. 
And, you know, you could actually, you know, for all, for all the times he mentioned hell in the Gospels is more than all the other uh, writers in the New Testament. And, you know, finally, let's go, let's go to paragraph, you know, uh, see, 1035. This is very important. This is the one that, you know, I think is, is very blatant in what it means. It says the following. The teaching of the church affirms the existence of hell and its eternity. Immediately after death, the souls of those who die in a state of mortal sin descend into hell, where they suffer the punishment of hell, quotations, eternal fire. The chief punishment of hell is eternal separation from God, in whom alone man can possess the life and happiness for which he was created and for which he longs. So, how in the world can any priest or bishop of the church believe in universalism or any variant of it thereof with what the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us and what we just read in paragraph 1035? This in itself is mind-boggling to me. So, you know, it just, it, it, it's, you know, I just, I have to say it's irresponsible. And I don't think it's, you know, I, I was very disappointed that, um, He's our Pope, uh, but he shouldn't be making statements like that because this is part of the problem we have with the church today is everybody thinks God's so merciful, you just do whatever you want. And our own catechism of the Catholic Church tells us in paragraph 1035 all about hell and that it is for eternity. So you go in, but you don't get out. And that's the way it is. That's what we've believed for 2,000 years. And um, again, this concept of universalism, you know, just doesn't, just doesn't reconcile to the dogma of our faith. Um, let's go to uh, paragraph 1036. The affirmations of sacred scripture and the teachings of the church on the subject of hell are a call to the responsibility incumbent upon man to make use of his freedom in view of his eternal destiny. They are at the same time an urgent call to conversion. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Since we know neither the day nor the hour, we should follow the advice of the Lord and watch constantly so that when the signal course rather when the single course of our earthly life is complicated, we may merit to enter with him into the marriage feast and be numbered among the blessed and not like the wicked and slothful servants. Be ordered to depart into the eternal fire, into the outer darkness where man will weep and gnash their teeth. And we can go to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13, where it says the following, and this is so important. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road broad that leads to destruction, and those who enter through it are many. Again, this is scripture um, uh, that we're quoting and we just read that, you know, Catechism of the Catholic Church incorporated that in his paragraph and explaining, you know, what happens. You know, this is, this is you know, we're judged and, you know, 
It's saying, so, you know, this, this idea that everybody goes to heaven is insane in light of looking at something where, so where Jesus is telling us, enter through the narrow gate um, and telling us that, um, you know, that, you know, that, that you'll find few there, right? And you'll find many going through the, uh, the wide gate and the, ride, and, and the broad road, which leads to destruction. So, you know, that's telling us that more people go to hell than they go to heaven. That's just the way it is. That's what Jesus told us, and that's what we, we see in Scripture. It's in the Gospel. And then, you know, we can go to, um, you know, there was, um, we, we, Sister Faustina was a young, uneducated nun in a convent of the Congregation of Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy in uh, Poland during around, I think it was around the 1930s. And she came from a, a very poor family that struggled during the years of World War One. Uh, she had only three years of simple education, so hers were the humblest tasks in the convent. And usually, she worked like in the kitchen or did things in the garden. And you know, she received these extraordinary revelations and messages from our our, our Lord Jesus. And Jesus asked Saint Faustina to record those these experiences which she compiled into these notebooks and these notebooks are known today as the diary of saint maria faustina kowalska and the words contained within are god's loving message of divine mercy and god um gave her jesus gave her a uh a look at hell and this is what she said about hell and this is really compelling um, I, Sister Faustina Kowalska, by the order of God, have visited the abyss of hell. So now she's a saint now, so that I might tell souls about it and testify to its existence. The devils were full of hatred for me, but they had to obey me at the command of God. What I have written is but a pale shadow of the things I saw. So this is just a piece of what she saw. But I noticed one thing, that most of the souls there are those who disbelieve that there is hell. So today, I was led by an angel to the chasms of hell. It is a place of great torture. How awesomely large and extensive it is. The kinds of torture I saw, the first torture that constitutes hell is the loss of God. The second is perpetual remorse of conscience. The third is that one's condition will never change. The fourth is the fire that will penetrate the soul without destroying it. A terrible suffering since it is a purely spiritual fire lit by God's anger. And the fifth torture is continual darkness and a terrible suffocating smell. And despite the darkness, the devils and the souls of the damned see each other in all the evil both of others and their own. And then the sixth torture is the constant company of Satan. The seventh torture is horrible despair, hatred of God, vile words, curses, and blasphemies. These are the tortures suffered by and all, all the damned together, but that is not the end of the suffering. Indescribable sufferings. There are special tortures destined for particular souls. These are 
the torments of the senses. Each soul undergoes terrible and indescribable sufferings related to the manner in which he had sinned. She said, I would have died. There are caverns and pits of torture where one form of agony differs from another. I would have died at the very sight of these tortures if the omnipotence of God had not supported me. No one can say there is no hell. Let me repeat what she says. No one can say there is no hell. Let the sinner know that he will be tortured throughout all eternity. Again, throughout all eternity, not on a temporary basis, and then you're going to eventually go to heaven, like in universalism. In those senses which he made use of to sin, I am writing this at the command of God, so that no soul may find an excuse by saying there is no hell, or that nobody has ever been there, and so no one can say what it's like, how terribly souls suffer there. Consequently, I pray even more fervently for the conversion of sinners. I incessantly plead God's mercy upon them. O oh my Jesus, I would rather be in agony until the end of the world amidst the greatest sufferings than offered you by the least sin. Than, than offend you, I'm sorry, by the least sin. And that was, you know, uh, her diary number 741. You can look this up, check it out. It's it's scary. And, you know, we also know that um, this is back on uh, July 13, 1917, you know, Our Lady of Fatima, uh, they were show, the, the children were shown a vision of hell as well. And um, let me read this one. Uh, this is Lucia describing the vision uh, that she saw. She said, As Our Lady spoke these last words, she opened her hands once more as she had done during the two previous months. The rays of light seemed to penetrate the earth, and we saw, as it were, a sea of fire. Plunged in the fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers, all blackened or burnished bronze, uh, floating about in the conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from which themselves together, with great clouds of smoke, now falling back on every side like sparks and huge fires, without weight or equilibrium, amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair, which horrified us and made us tremble with fear. It must have been this sight which caused me to cry out as people say they heard me. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repellent likeness and, and, and likeness to frightful and unknown animals, black, transparent like burning coals, terrified as if to plead for succor, we looked up at Our Lady, who said to us so kindly and so sadly, You have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. So, um, you know, I think th this is really important for us to really understand, you know, the f you know, that there is a hell, and that hell is for eternity. And, you know, there's, th you know, we're either going to go to heaven or we're going to go to purgatory and then go to heaven, or we're going to go straight to hell. Um, purgatory, um, you know, is is a temporary situation where you'll eventually go to heaven, but and and to spend uh, eternity with the Blessed Trinity in heaven for all eternity, right? But 
if you go to hell, it's it's eternal as well. And, you know, I think there's really, I think it really misguides people in the Catholic faith to say, you know, well, you know, God's all merciful and, you know, I can't believe that, you know, and to even insinuate that, you know, you're, you, you know, that everybody eventually will go to heaven. That's just not the case. That's not what the Catholic Church teaches us. That's not what's in Scripture. That's not what's in the Gospel. That's not what Jesus taught us. And I think we, we need to resolve ourselves to the fact that, you know, we want to seek a path towards holiness and the salvation of our souls. That should be our goal in life. We, we need to love the things of heaven and not the things of earth. No matter how long you live on this earth, it's just a brief moment in time compared to eternity. Our goal, this is just, we're just passing through here on earth. Our goal is to spend eternity in heaven. And that's what we need to focus our attention on. We want to, you know, we need, we, we need to, our goal is the salvation of our souls and the souls of our loved ones. And that's what we need to really spend time focusing on. And, you know, all this rhetoric about universalism and, you know, eventually that, that's all that's all that is, is just rhetoric. You know, we don't believe that as Catholics. It's not in the catechism of the Catholic Church, and it certainly isn't based in in Scripture. That's why it's so important for us as Catholics, you know, to, to study Scripture and to read also the catechism of the Catholic Church to understand and know our faith. And know where we're headed and why we're headed that way and what we need to do to get there, right? Jesus, you know, the the, the scripture is like is is a, is a love letter to us, um, where Jesus is telling us how to live our lives. All the answers to how we should live our lives are in that in the scripture, and it in in the Catholic Church, um, which is which which Jesus founded, um, and the sacraments which which come from the body of Christ. Catholic faith provides the fullness of salvation, and we need to embrace that, understand it, and seek that path towards holiness. And with that, we'll be back next week. God bless you, and have a great week.